Hey, welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. I am your host, David Uvita. And in this podcast, we'll share practical life hacks designed to shape your best life, love, health, and business. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs starts right now. Hey, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm your host, David Ubita. Hey, our next guest is breaking Latina stereotypes with her infectious smile, positive vibe, and her eclectic love for music. She's Chicago's most requested. She is DJ House Arrest. We'll dive into her story when we return. Testing, are you there? Bueno, yes, I'm here, finally. All right, fantastic. All right, guys. Uh, without further delay, we have a very, very special guest, and I do apologize on some of the technical difficulties that we've had, but she is Chicago's most requested DJ. Her name is DJ House Arrest. Would you like to say hello to the audience? Hey! Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited about this interview simply because of your story. And um, as I have had an opportunity to get to know you better, I, I had to have you on the show simply because you're just one of those troublemaking, stereo breaking type of individuals, aren't you? Oh, man, that's freaking awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can go with that. We can go with that. <laughs> so. Uh, I have so many questions that I want to ask, but at the same time, um, the most important one is uh, is the fact that you've been able to infiltrate, dominate uh, a very mm. dominated industry in terms of of uh, spinning records, and you can hold your own. You're not a rookie. You're not a novice. You know your shit, and. Mm -hmm. uh, Tell us, what's, what's that like? I mean, walk us through some of, some of you know, your story, how you got started, and, and so on. Um, okay, infiltrate. That's such a great word. I, I like that you use that word. Yeah, I would definitely, I'm going to start using that one. So my story started long, long time ago. Um, I was about nine, and I was watching Salt and Pepper on MTV when they still played music. And um, I wanted to be a rapper. I really, really uh, liked like the whole, um, I was really into like female empowerment and that at that time, you don't really see that often. And I quit, quickly learned that I didn't have any skills as a rapper. So I was like, <laughs> um, wait a minute, Spinderella plays records. I could do that, that looks easy. Let me try that. And boy, was I wrong. It, took, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice. And um, there's a lot of psychology to just reading a crowd and things like that. But um, 
I was really interested in DJing growing up. Uh, I come from humble beginnings and for anyone that doesn't know anything about DJing, uh, you do have to invest in very, very expensive equipment. So I wasn't able to invest in equipment until uh, later on in my early 20s. And um, I came across a lot of uh, challenges um, with just learning and things like that. And so I taught myself how to uh, DJ at least the, the basic the basic things about DJing, like not train train wrecking and beat matching and things like that, and uh, just just trying to play really really fun music to take people to a different place. Just try to duplicate or replicate that that feeling that I got when I went out to parties and to clubs and things like that, and just take it into a different place and forgetting about stuff for a while. So. Um, after that, I came across more challenges and decided to make an investment in going to a DJ school to learn about um, like the technical and uh, the mechanic side of it and learning more about music and song structure and things like that. And um, here I am with the great mentorship and um, awesomeness that is that DJ school, which was my church for a while. Um, I really um, decided to immerse myself into this uh, world of music and, uh, yeah, making people feel good on the dance floor and in special events. That's right so today. Much, so how much time have you invested? Because I know you've invested in, in equipment. But how much time would you, would you say you've practiced for five minutes or, you know, 50 hours, a thousand hours? What do you think it takes? How much time do you think you have to devote to to your craft to really stand out as a DJ? Oh, man. Um, if you really want to stand out, that, I mean, somewhere I've heard that in order to be uh, a professional in whatever it is that you're doing, you have to spend at least 10,000 hours um, honing your craft. And so I'm definitely not at 10,000 hours, but I'm pretty far up there. And it's not just um, practice. Practice um, is one part of it, but it's also in preparation. Um, and preparation also includes networking and things like that. But um, hours, geez, I wouldn't even, I, it definitely over, I don't know, I would have to say definitely over 2,000 hours. Easy. So you had mentioned the 10,000 hour rule that's uh, in uh, Outlier. Uh, authored by Malcolm Gladwell, which uh, he depicts what that looks like. Uh, it's a really great, that addresses psychology, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, what, in your opinion, makes a complete DJ? Because it's one thing to really have mastery over your equipment and, and perhaps uh, you know, having this ability to you know, understand how one song really flows into the next but in your opinion what makes a complete dj because you're obviously standing out above the crowd you're, you're requested all the time you're busy you're doing your thing um what are some of the attributes that you feel like would make um have made you stand out um i would have to say it's definitely my engagement with 
the audience and not being afraid to play those songs that other DJs would be afraid to play. Like, there's some DJs that kind of stay away from like uh, certain genres. It's, it's not cool or um, it's not popular. And I know what I would like to hear on the dance floor. And because of that perspective, that's what I do. Like I play what I know would make me go crazy or I play what I know would make my friends go crazy. There's some DJs that stay away from like, I don't know, certain songs because uh, for whatever reason. And I just, yeah, I'm on zero Fs given when it comes to like trying something out there. And if it doesn't work, then I just quickly change the song and go to some somewhere new but um usually nine times out of ten it works and I get that awesome awesome um response or like oh you made my night or oh, I'm so glad you played that song I haven't heard that song in a long time or I've never heard a DJ play that song I'm so happy you played it so yeah I think that definitely sets me apart and being engaged with the audience as well I have gone out to see DJs and they were so good, but when you look at them, they look like robots or they act like robots, like they're not really feeling the music. And so I'm up there enjoying the party with them. Um, I think that that's what sets me apart. I'm not saying everybody, every DJ needs that, but that's what definitely, um, that's what definitely people have responded well to when they see me having fun along with them. And I love yeah. it. Yeah, totally. Totally understand that whenever I'm in a speaking engagement or uh, even with a podcast or working with clients, that engagement is what it's all about. There's a level of satisfaction, fulfillment when you connect with people. Uh, and sometimes it can be the simplest connection. It could be just a you know simple hello. It could be a little bit more of an engaged uh, type of a conversation. But it, the bottom line is we do what we do. Uh, for people, we want to serve them, and I know that that your music and the way you handle yourself, uh, breaking these stereotypes, um, has been you know really role model esque for those who male or females who are uh, inspired to to do the same thing. So I have a question for you. I noticed here that you are also a grad student and a single mother. How, how do you juggle the, those responsibilities <laughs> without like losing your sanity? Um, I mean, it, it, female DJ and mom kind of don't go together. It's like, it's like <laughs> how in the world? You know, I can imagine um, uh, your son. Oh yeah, my mom's a DJ, and people are like, yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, you're, talking, you're talking crap. Right. <laughs> um, well, uh, I was a teacher for a time. I worked for Chicago Public Schools. I, um, and I, one of my favorite parts was being able to bring music to the classroom and just being able to have that um, engagement with the kids. But I, um, there's only so much you can do as a teacher. I came across some situations um, and challenges with students that were going through some really, really difficult times, the homelessness and abuse and things like that. And that reminded me of um, one of my other dreams. One was to become a DJ and the other one was to be a therapist. 
And I loved being with the children. I loved just having um, such a positive impact, not just on them, but on their families. But there's only so much you can do um, in the education field. And so when I decided that I wanted to be a DJ, I made sure that um, I pursued my dream as a therapist as well. And so I just made it impossible for me to go back. And so I left teaching and everything else and um, focused on grad school and becoming a therapist and uh, providing or helping um, just trying to be a part of this helper's field. Um, And DJing really helped me with grad school and like, you know, buying books and things like that. Not completely, but um, yeah, when I was, um, before I decided to go into grad school, I quickly saw that my son had no positive role models. And not only did my son not have any positive role models around him, but I didn't have any either. And so with that, I wanted to make sure that I provided the best, um, I was providing him with the best options or the best chances to succeed in life with showing him that there are going to be challenges and difficulties. But um, if his mom can do it, you could definitely do it. um, Or he could definitely do it. And um, that, I mean, I started off trying to provide him with a positive role model and it ended up helping me at the same time where I, that's when I realized that I needed somebody too. And it was okay if I was that someone, it was okay if I was my own role model. Um, and yeah, he does, he, he does brag about me at school and people are like really like intrigued, like, whoa. And he carries, uh, his own little, um, his own little envelope of my business cards to give out and things like that. So he's your unofficial promoter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Better pay that boy. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he gets paid in hugs and kisses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and a roof over your head and some food for your stomach. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? You that, that has actually... That has helped him with um, having his own ideas of entrepreneurship and things like that. Like he has decided that he wants to become a gamer and try to pick up sponsorships and things like that. And just these ideas of um, marketing and, and seeing how much of hard work it is. But when you love what you do, you really want to do it. That's what makes the difference. And um, that's what I see in him already. And I love knowing that he has seen me do what I absolutely love. And I'm working my ass off, but I love it. It I, I can see the I can see the little sparks. I can see the the wheels turning in his head. And um it's great. It's great. I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would not change my life for anything. That is powerful. You know, our children do what they see, not what we tell them. And that's uh that's so powerful that I, I really appreciate a, a statement you just made. It's like you, you said that your son didn't have a role model. You didn't have a role model. So you're like, well, why not? I become one. I mean, that is so powerful. Talk about owning it. I really respect that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> so you mentioned that there was some challenges that you've had in terms of homelessness and things like that. What, let, let's talk a little bit about, a, a challenge that perhaps seemed insurmountable at the time 
uh, it could be personal or with business because we do know that uh, being a DJ is a business. You're offering a service. You have clients. You have engagements. And it's important to, to you know, keep that in mind. But what's an obstacle that you have faced that, uh, again, seemed insurmountable at the time? Um, an obstacle that I faced was uh, seeking mentorship. So this is a male-dominated industry, and I'm a female and a Latina at that. And so um, reaching out to other people within the industry, and of course these people would be males, um, I kept on coming across like, um, sure, I'll help you, but what are you going to do for me type of thing? Mm -hmm. um, I also came across, um, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh, you want to be a DJ? That is so cool. We can go on tour together and we can do gigs together. We can live together and our kids can play together. And, you know, I could only imagine what our future is going to look like after we get married and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say all that. Like, I just wow. want to learn how to DJ. I just, I just want to be a DJ. And um, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, just coming across those. If if I were a male, if I were a guy trying to learn how to DJ, I would definitely not have those experiences. And so that's what led me to um, getting into the DJ school and making that investment in myself because I was, I was really serious and I, I wanted to be taken seriously about this craft and I didn't want to do it the wrong way, especially because I, I knew I was looked at as a role model. And so it was important to me to um, go through the, the, the right avenues to get to this dream that was now a goal. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely the obstacle that I still, I still come across now, even after being, um, a bit more skilled and having more experience, uh, in the, the business, uh, I guess the business side of it, I still come across that and it, it, um, it's not, yeah, it doesn't come as a shock. It's a little hurtful. At times it hurts because I'm not taken seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. And not everyone, not everyone is like that in the industry, but um, it, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot of them. So how do you handle that? I mean, what advice can you give our listeners, uh, both male and female, who may find themselves in a situation where uh, they're putting really uncomfortable situations either at work um, whatever the situation may be how, how are you handling that because as you continue to expand as your business continues to grow um, are, are you prepared for that um, what, what strategy are you using right now how do I handle horn dogs in the industry <laughs> let me think <laughs> did you say corn dogs no or no I said horn with an H. <laughs> How do you handle a horn dog? Um, so first I simply smile and move my hair a little bit. Then um, 
I guess I would have to say the best way is to remember what your outcome is. There are some people that might go that route because perhaps their their goal or their outcome is that important to them and um well to each their own you know for me how i would handle that or how i have been handling it is um i take it as a joke really um and there has been like this really big um movement with the me too and just a, a lot of women being very vocal about sexual harassment and things like that. And um, that has happened to me as well. But in order for me to make sure that it doesn't get that far and um, I don't have to do anything like that, I just try to stay humorous about it and just um, try to laugh it off. And I, um, if, I feel, if, if I feel like I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable, um, I just take myself out of the situation or I just choose not to engage. That's it. When I don't engage, they usually get the point and they stop for a while. <laughs> and yeah, they always come back. Um, but I, I stay firm with my beliefs and um, I'm not... I don't want to say that I uh, like I, I become a bitch about it, but I still um, I just make it known what my goals are, and uh, yeah, I just don't engage when they start to go in that um, in that direction. Like for example, there was someone that uh, is a very successful DJ that reached out to me and uh, was asking me if I was interested in maybe having a manager. And I said, wow, that, that's actually great. I'm not sure if, um, if I want to do that right now. Um, I'm in grad school and I'm a single mom, so I'm not sure what kind of management I'll be able to afford. And he was like, well, if you marry me, then you won't have to pay. <laughs> and I was like, well, if that's the case, <laughs> I wouldn't have to marry you. Um, wow. but, uh, yeah, after that, I just laughed it off and um, just made a joke of it and decided not to engage. And later on, um, I was contacted by this person again. Um, and uh, it, it was different dynamic after I chose not to engage. So that seems to be the best way for me to handle that in not engaging. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff, man. <laughs> so as we wrap up this conversation, uh, once again, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your insights, sharing your story. And uh, the title of our podcast, again, is Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs. And uh, what's one life hack or shortcut that you've implemented uh, for yourself that you, that you can share with our audience as, we, as again, we wrap up this conversation. Uh, before I touch on that, I just want to say thank you, David, so, so much for this opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. You're awesome. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted on being able to um, be on the show. I just, I, I'm humbled. Um, and I want to send a special shout out to my baby, 
Temo, I love you very much, and you better have done your homework today. Um, <clears throat> and passed out more cards. <laughs> yeah, right. You got a quota, buddy. You got a quota. <laughs> Um, and so you asked about a special, I guess, a hack, right? And yeah, a shortcut, a hack. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think what has really helped me um, is, so some people, how could I say this? Um, I wasn't born an extrovert. And for some people after meeting me, they're like, What? But uh, it takes practice to talk to people. And it's not about our resources that make us successful. It's our resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to be afraid to talk to that one person that you feel might be a link to your success. But don't allow that fear to deter or let me say don't allow that fear to hold you back from doing what it is that you know you're meant to do so um networking is a really really big part of um I would have to say any business and especially in this business that I'm in and I was really afraid to talk to you know some of these really big names because well they're really big important people and you know it's just little old me but remembering how badly I wanted to become this DJ and how important it is for me to be this positive role model that's what kept me hungry and pushed me to talk to that person mm-hmm. um, and not getting down on myself if I didn't talk to that person because I knew at some point I was going to come around um, it, it was going to come back around and I was going to see them again. And so at that point, I had to make sure that I, I, I really went out after and, and talked to that person. And in talking with them, what I learned was they were people just like me. They had regular things to talk about just like me. And that really helped me with continuing in the networking process and just being able to connect people on a really basic level and not you know anything that had to do with like Maseratis or Lamborghinis or you know houses and wherever Um, just being able to connect with them on a really basic level is what helped me in um, in continuing to network and continuing to grow um, my business so it's okay to be scared but don't allow that fear to hold you back and remember that um, people are most likely like you and there's something that, that every, anyone can relate to the most basic things. And I think that that would uh, really help. I hope that helps uh, other people with um, growing their business. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it on the, uh, on the, uh, on the head here. So DJ house arrest, um, Thank you, thank you, thank you again so much for hanging out with us today. And um, what a great conversation. Definitely one of the best uh, podcasts that Aww. we've had to date. And uh, where are you hanging out uh, social media-wise? Where can people plug into what you're doing? So I have a website, www.house-a-r-r-e-s-t.com, or you can just Google me, Chicago Female DJ. 
um, house arrest, H-A-U-S-A-R-R-E-S-T. Uh, I should come up there. Um, on Instagram, it's H-A-U-S underscore A-R-R-E-S-T. Uh, and I have all the links of my social media up on my website. So housearrest.com. You just Google that. You'll come up with it. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. David, thank you. You're so awesome. This was a really great conversation. It was. Until next time, guys, uh, we'll catch you in the next segment where we go ahead and actually talk about the action item that you can practice immediately to help grow your business. Again, mm -hmm. thanks so much, House Arrest. DJ thank you. in the house. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much. Ow. Hey guys, welcome back to the final segment of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Was that a fun interview or what? DJ House Arrest is something else. So she dropped the life hack and she mentioned about not being afraid to reach out. Uh, she gave a tip on networking, etc. So what I want you to do is to grab a sheet of paper because I want to help you take an inventory, if you will, of what you bring to the table and it's important to write these things out so that that way when we do meet new people when we are in the process of networking uh, whether it be in person or the phone via email you know s social media whatnot it's got to be really clear uh, that you have something to offer so what i want us to do is again grab a sheet of paper and i want you to answer these questions because when we are networking, sometimes we're shy or unsure, gun shy, if you will, because we just don't know. We're not clear of the value we bring to the table. And so if you're not clear with the value that you bring to the table, how you can serve someone best, it's going to be very difficult to engage in a conversation and really feel good about it. Uh, let's say that you uh, run into someone who is doing what you're doing and they're you know, a couple of years ahead of the game with their influence and, and finances and so on and so forth, you know, it shouldn't deter you from the value that you bring to the table. Well, David, what on earth can I add? What value can I add to someone who is where I want to be? Well, that's pretty simple, guys, because you have to understand something. People who are successful are always open to learning and they understand the value of feedback loops and they also understand the value of giving back and mentoring. So this is, with this uh, sheet of paper, I want you to just uh, answer these questions that I'm gonna ask you to jot down and then answer for the sake of self-reflection and to help you better prepare for those moments, those times that you meet people. See, the worst thing that could happen is if you run into someone who can really help you move things along and you're not prepared. So we're preparing now. I want you to take action. So the first question I want you to, to ask is, um, what, what problem do you solve better than anyone else? What problem do you solve better than anyone else? Um, when we were talking to DJ House Arrest, you know, one of the things that she loves about what she does is it's not just spin records, but she knows that for the next couple of hours or the duration of her set, she's helping someone forget about a crappy week, a crappy day, get, get them you know, in a fun uh, you know, mood, elevate their energy. So she, there's a psychology and a goal that she's 
uh, looking to reach every time she plays, every time she's out there doing her thing. And so that's the same thing for us. If you come up with, or if you meet someone and all you, and you come across as someone who's just taking, someone who just wants to take, instead of nourish and add value, then that's the vibe people are going to pick up on and they're not going to want to work with you. So the first thing is, again, you know, what problem do you solve better than anyone else? And then another question that I would um, uh, want you to write down is a question that I often ask people, you know, how can I help support your mission? How can I help support you in achieving your goals? And the first thing they're going to ask you, well, is I don't know, how, how can you? Or they'll have an answer, hey, do you have this and this? And so as you meet these individuals, do not be the taker. Do not be the one who's just going to go grab the fruit. Be the one who's going to help nourish their soil, even though they may be already successful in the field that they're in, because there's always room for growth. And so if they tell you, hey, well, this is what I'm looking for, and if any of those things that they've mentioned fall into alignment with your skill set then or resources that you have at your fingertip, then you know, bless them, work with them, partner with them, uh, nourish that soil. Uh, if, if they ask you and say, hey, well, what do you bring to the table? Well, then this is the whole point of this list. Here are some things that I bring to the table. Here are some things that I do better than anyone else. Here's a problem that I solve better than anyone else. So... Make sure to take some time and jot this down, uh, similar to an elevator speech. Uh, and, and once you have this nailed down and refined to the point where you can just speak it at will, it'll just make it that much more enjoyable, that much more fun when you engage with new people. All right, guys, if you would like to have a, a, a more in-depth conversation of what this would look like, feel free to jump on my website at davidubeda.com. Schedule a free call with me at the top right-hand corner and I'll be more than happy to connect with you then. You've been listening to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast with your host, David Ubita. Thank you so much for listening. Please give us a thumbs up or leave us a message if you learned something new today. And make sure to share this episode with a friend. Catch you on the next episode.